She turns around (laughs) to the guards behind her and says, Men, I think your services will not be needed currently. I believe the ritual is starting soon. You may wish to tend to the chamber. And looks back and one of them sort of shaking nods and says, Men, let's let's move out as uh, all four of them leave the area. She uh, looks at all of you and says, Judging by the fact that I can see Atua, so looks down to him and he's just looking at her like he wants to rip her head off. Down the hallway, he's clutching his spear, but he knows that he can't really do much right now. Says that I notice I see Atua, which means that someone is attempting another prison break, except it looks like this time he's employed a few friends. Outsiders, obviously. People in Omu who are not supposed to be in Omu. But fortunately for you, there is one who also is not supposed to be in Omu, who I would love to see gone. I'm sure you've heard of Rasnusi. She kind of looks around to all of you. In fact, indeed. One outside. Alright, so I'm sure you've heard the legends of how he was once a Cholton paladin, sworn protector, the city of Mesro. He lost his powers from Umteo. And from then, you know, there's a little bit of time where no one talks about him. And then now, here he is, a beast with a snake tail like mine. Do you want to know how he got the way he is? I'll take my hand off my pistol and I'll go, explain. I performed the ritual that made him a Yonti. So you could say, I own him in a way. So Razanusi and I, we, we once agreed on certain things, but that certain thing was that Dendar, the Night Serpent, will usher in a new age and the Yonti will rule. I know that's probably not what you want to hear because I'm sure in some way you really do oppose me. However, Rasnusi is more concerned with his own life than that of Dendar. I'm not sure if you are aware, but have you seen him before? Yes. Yes. You nod. You remember you were, yeah. we were <laughs> You were captured and I yeah. Yes. Yes. Tied upside down. We did. It. Yeah. He carries uh, bandages wrapped around his face. You can hardly see it; just only his eye. And, uh, doesn't he look sort of sick to you? He looks very unwell. Yes. That's because he's dying. Death curse affects him as well. Affects him as well. She looks to you and nods. Says, For a man who lives his days dying slowly, you could imagine you would be more concerned about your own mortality than that of really anything else. I also know, and she looks over to you, that you, Hikik, are here to save Nare and Na. Am I wrong? What else would the chieftain of Kirsabog be doing in my domain? Not very right. But an enemy of my enemy is what I'm gathering from this conversation. That's very true. Perhaps we can work out a deal here. Precisely. She looks around and says, uh, I want nothing to do with Nare and Na. I want nothing to do with Rosnusi. I want Dendar to break through her prison, swallow the sun, and do what it is my god wants to do. However, if my leader 
the one who rules my people, the one who commands that his followers follow him, isn't concerned about that, then I don't think he's really fit to rule. She uh, looks at you all again and can see that you're kind of uh, siding with her on this. Atua, in the back, spits on the ground and says, If you follow her, I'll strike all of you down. I don't care. You don't know what she does. Interrupt. Watch your tongue. This is the prince and princess of my main concern. He sort of lowers his head and says, I understand, Hikik, that you wish to save Nare Na, and I would love for the two rightful heirs to be reunited with their land so that my people could follow them. But my people barely have a shred of humanity left in them. Do you know what she does? And Fendaza sort of smiles. He says, she is a nightmare speaker. The way that she feeds her gods is she tears the most horrible imaginations from our minds and makes us face them. Breaks our willpower to where we can barely speak. And the only reason why I am talking now is because I have learned to withstand it, but those people back there have not. They would rather die than live. Fantaza sort of curls into a smile and sort of sleeps past you guys in a way that she can see him more clearly and says, Atua, please. We've been playing this game how many times? Forty-something. How many times have you tried to escape? Forty-seven. Atua nods. She says, You have shown you are perseverant, and that is a trait that I believe even Dendar would find admirable. If your companions agree to help me with my endeavor, I will allow you and all of your slaves to leave. I believe that my god is pleased with the sacrifices we have given and after today's ritual was going to move on to other matters of breaking Dendar from her slumber. You see, and she looks around and says, uh, there is a darkness that lives in this land, one that I'm sure you are all very aware of due to the curse and the machination that allows it to manifest. There is a lich that lives beneath us, in tombs created by the Yomuans before he slaughtered them. A lich who has very, very powerful magics and traps, and also a crown. She sort of looks up, gazing, and she's almost imagining it in her head. A crown with a black opal, one of magnificent craftsmanship and power, one that I believe should a true follower of Dendar wear, then then she could break through her gates, her chains that shackle her down. This object, I know, is in that tomb, the tomb you all seek. The tomb. I was waiting for a break. She says, cue music. Yeah. She says, uh, should I let you leave today with your slaves? And should you find your way into this tomb, all I ask is if you survive, bring it to me. She says, before you even think about it, I want to let you know that I am taking a risk. The entirety of my people, if they knew I allowed the slaves they captured to get away, if they knew that I had my own selfish reasons, they may turn their backs on me and choose Rosnusi as their leader. Also, I am gambling on the fact that you'll even make it out of there alive. 
I trust once you go in, you have full intentions of killing Hiserak, the Lich, and destroying the Soulmongera. So I am betting that you can successfully do this and make it out with the Black Opal Crown. I mean, we made it this far, didn't we? You did. You have made it this far. You've escaped many trials, I assume. A few. You did. She, uh... Might I make a suggestion? Absolutely. In order to shield yourself from any suspicion of this, uh, perhaps you should go to the ritual as planned, and then we can make our escape, and we will know we will have no, no, no uh, dirty hands in this business. It's a good plan. However, you do have a few witnesses to what just happened. What oh, will you do with them? Do not worry. I have many eyes in these walls, and three very loyal shamans in the other room performing rituals that allow them to see into the hearts of my own people. Should they waver, they will not waver far. She says, I will proceed the ritual as normal. However, I have one more request of you. Which is? Before you head into the tomb, I want Rasnusi dead. And I feel if you wish to save Nare and Na, that will have to happen. And she, uh, Does he have them? She nods and says, he captured them himself and told almost no one, but I know. He's using it as sort of his own leverage. I don't know why. Snap, snap my beak. Snap your beak angrily. Since I don't know why. That sound effect is good. But I do know he's here now. And I know exactly where he is. Can we reach him through his teleporter? She nods, since I see you've taken note. There is indeed a teleporter inside the slave room. Except actual note. note. (laughs) Except it leads to five teleporters in the Fane. Only one sort of high enough concentration of magic could pinpoint exactly where it is we need to go. Fortunately for you, I've been through the teleporter many times. I know exactly which one leads to his chamber. But I must not be seen by Rosnusi. I do not want him to know the coup that I am planning. I think that's fair. So, we don't have much time. I wish for this to be done during the ritual, while my auntie are distracted. Rasnusi won't be there. Like I said before, he's selfish, he does not partake. He's not truly auntie, he's a selfish Trotan paladin. Nothing more than a human with a snake's tail for legs. I have one condition. It's uh, the beast you chain and lock up. He's old. Does he not deserve to live out the rest of his days in the wild? You are correct. He's mistreated. Sakesh, the beast tamer, is not nice to him. In fact, he is cruel. I agree and could make that happen. During the ritual, mostly everyone in that room will leave. You can take the slaves, you can leave the front gate, like I'm sure you'd already planned. Take the Triceratops with you, and then come back 
You shall take the teleporter. I will get you there, and then immediately I must get to the chamber for the ritual. Once you are in Rosnusi's chamber, I do not know what you will see. I do not know what will be there. I have not seen Nare or Nar in a few hours. I do not think he is a type of brute who would kill them. But I must warn you, Hikik, I do not see everything. He's much too cunning to just waste hostages like that. And I think you are correct, which is why I believe you do have a chance. So, if you are ready, we shall do this. However, I recommend you be completely ready. He is not an easy foe. I do have one more question. Yes. If we agree, and we defeat Rosnusi, and get you this black opal crown, will you and Leonti leave home? Well, that's where it gets complicated. You see, I can help you now. But at the end of the day, if my god breaks from her prison, nobody will be safe from her. I think that's something we're just going to have to worry about later at this point. What a choice. But uh, until that happens, what will it be your allies? Until that happens, if if you bring me the opal crown, yes. I will not turn. I will uphold my bargain. My side of the bargain is all before you. However, take the crown and run, and I will find you. Disapproving, kind of like. And now, allies, allies, we are not, but for the time being, we can put us differences aside for a common goal. Yes, Hikik, that is why you are chieftain. You. Looks over towards the tabaxi, Quinn. You've been awfully silent. We'll do what we have to do. Fair enough. She looks over to you and says, This one seems like he has sticky fingers. Naima kind of gives I believe him a little bit of a look. I'll, I'll nod, nod my head. How can you be sure he won't take the crown? Well, we learned a lesson once and we've got it pretty well embedded in our heads. All right. I trust your judgment. Then, and she sort of looks around, and you hear a loud gong ring once. She says, it is time. And we're going to take a break. Nice. And come back. Cool. Nice. Hey, Wagoners. While we're on break... Please enjoy this message from our friends over at Dungeons and Blackguards. Welcome, friends and adventurers, to Dungeons and Blackguards, a Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast. Join us each week as the party tries to survive DM Robulon's homebrew sandbox campaign. Episode 1, A Deadly Point. There we go. High five. I'm a big robot. I put my hand up and I don't get it. I high five my own hand. (laughs) Yeah. And then run out of the cell. (laughs) (laughs) Join us and listen wherever you get your podcasts. So we're back and Uh, science. (laughs) 
Jesus Christ. Oh, redo. Bless you, Jeff. Redo. <laughs> Title song. Restart. So we're back. <laughs> Alright, so we're back, and Ms. Fantaza uh, continues over towards the chamber. Um, or sorry, the uh, room with all the prisoners uh, walks past the two uh, uh, who just sort of glares at her and uh, she reaches down and pulls the keys from her belt and hands them to a tua. Um. <laughs> you got to all that. Quite well pretend that he didn't even see it. He'll <laughs> play ignorance. So she walks over and she uh, hands the keys to a tua who uh, just glares at it for a moment. He seems like at this point he doesn't even want to grab him. Uh, sort of reluctantly reaches down and snatches him very quickly. She sort of smiles and says, I'm not playing this game anymore, Tua. Your people are free. And he sort of just shakes his head. He says, they'll never be free as long as you live. And he turns around and goes over, pulls the lever, his portcullis raises, um, and begins to remove the slaves and uh, she walks over and uh, to the teleporter in the slave room, uh, just past as Atua is now grabbing all of his companions um, and pulling them out of the pits. As she walks over to the teleporter, she beckons you guys. You follow? We will follow. Okay. As you head towards the teleporter, she sort of just swings her tail across it as it begins to glow blue and says, All right. Once you step on this, you'll be in his chambers, and from there, you're on your own. I will uphold my end of the bargain. I will go to the ritual. I will keep the auntie distracted. They will do the sacrifices as normal, and when it is finished and they awaken from their haze, the slaves will be gone. Hopefully, Rasnusi will be slain. You and your prince and princess will be gone. Triceratops? I will free him on the way to the chamber. I'll open the front gate and he can leave. But I am not terribly happy to be working with you. I must thank you for your assistance. And he will curtsy and spread out his wings. She also sort of bows. You will get no thank you from me, but this is the necessary for our next step. It is. You are here, and you are in our place. If you play by the rules, you'll find yourself successful. I'll give a quick nod. Naima is very uncomfortable with all of this, so she just stays very quiet. Okay. I'm assuming Rasnusi isn't a heavy sleeper. I'm assuming we aren't going to catch him in the, his chambers. Yes, before we head in, uh, does anyone need any sort of healing, or are we ready to this? Could be a terrible battle in front of us. Um, I might need to heal myself slightly. I've taken eh, what? 13 damage, so I'm at 40, I did 53, but I think I'm okay for now. I have a small neck, but I'll be fine. Okay, I'm going to do cure wounds on myself. Nine. Okay. Yeah. Um, begins to sort of leave as the uh, she has to get to the to the chamber, the teleporter is still activated and it's uh, attuned to the chamber. Um, she be sort of slithers away. She turns back before she passes through the hallway and says, "Do not forget, bring the crown to me if you succeed." And she nods one more time and continues away. Um, all right. 
I'll only give it just kind of a blank stare. I won't really give a yes or a no, but I'll just kind of stare at her. Okay. I'll give a very kind of overly dramatic curtsy, almost as like a yeah. kind of a flick. So we will be well, entering the bedchamber. Yes, I do believe since uh, I know Princess uh, Nare. Nare and Prince and just nah. <laughs> Prince, no. uh, I do believe it is my responsibility. I will go through the teleporter first and face any sort of danger that might be associated with such. And that is our first plan to go for the prince and princess or to kill Ross Nusi. Well, I, I do believe is what is our first priority. Sure they are safe before he might be able to do any harm to them. I do believe we will need to see what we are up against on the other side of these teleporters before we can surely uh, make a decision on if we kill first and save. Most definitely. And if we come into contact with conflict as soon as we enter, we must follow through. And with that, if there's nothing else, Hikik will go ahead and step through the teleporter. Alright. Uh, <clears throat> as you step forward and place yourself on the teleporter, uh, you appear in a room, you feel your body sort of tingle, vanish in a flash of light. Um, as you peer in the space, you see uh, shadows dancing over this opulent bedchamber. Cushions lie in one corner, and decorative shields line the walls. Treasures are heaped around the room, gold and silver coins, a gilded harp, a jeweled wine flask, pillows of silk and fine clothes draped over wooden mannequins. To the east, an engraved stone disc, which you just came through. You must have thought you'd be coming through the other way. Um, <laughs> uh, the stone disc set on the floor, which you came through. Uh, to the west, a rectangular steel plate mounted on the wall is polished to a mirror-like sheen. Um, notice that all these things as you enter, as well as bound in the corner of the room next to these decorative pillows is the princess and the prince. Um, immediately as you enter through and sort of step forward, there's about six pillars in this room that hold the ceiling up so you can just kind of barely make them out uh, in the corner. And uh, as you look, both their mouths are uh, tied and rope in between, sort of keeping them from being able to speak. As soon as they see you, they begin to like muffle wildly, like they're trying to say something. Uh, quickly, I'll hold uh, my feather up to my beak to silence their movements in case there's anyone around. Okay, they both begin to stop mumbling, and you see Na, the young boy, just shaking his head with his eyes wide, violently. Do I see anything around in the room that I might... Make a perception check. I'll also step through the teleporter. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's Desmond's I'll follow. Okay. Everybody going through? Yeah. <clears throat> all right, as you all step through, Tua is going to stay, obviously, with the slaves to get them out um, before he considers his next step. Uh, a few moments pass, and uh, seconds as you guys all come through the teleporter, and you see a sort of figure on the ceiling as it sort of slides down the pillar, completely landing on the ground. It's Nusi. His red scale-like tail, his body covered in bandages, this white tunic. And you see the uh, the golden sort of necklace that he had on before, 
side completely shattered. He sort of tied it back together. You can see the broken plate that you guys found before when um, Kapesk went missing. Um, as he slithers his way down onto the sort of cold stone floor, he uh, completely ignores the princess and the prince and looks over to you, you geek, and says, Well, you made it. Looks to everybody else. You all made it. Unfortunately for you, we have. Cast Lucy. Yes, I... I'm a little upset. You see, I, uh... You were my captives. At one point, I had you all bound, and then you... You escaped. Not a word. Instead, I had a... Very... Vicious lizard chased me off to a cliffside. Damn thing bashed my necklace. Look at it. It's ruined. Fortunately for him, I launched him over the edge, sliced through his torso. He's probably dead. I'm sorry to tell you this. He uh, begins to slither forward and looks over towards the princess and the prince sort of bows to them. Uh, Nare begins to stand up stubbornly and he shakes his head and she begins to walk forward. Nare, please wait! Feather to stop her movement. Okay, she'll stop. And you watch as she holds out one hand and it begins to glow this sort of black and purple magic and you see a hand float up next to her and it reaches over and like to the back of her head and begins to untie she kind of releases and is able to speak. She looks over to you and says, You're a bit late, Ikik. But as always, I still arrived. Yes, I uh, didn't want to end in this situation, but uh, here I am. Masanusi sort of looks over to her and says, Interesting, I did not know you could do that. She says, Well, when you're you know, gonna be queen someday, you have to learn a few tricks. She sort of uh, looks down to Na, tells him it's okay. Looks back up and says, This may seem a bit strange, but he really hasn't been harmful to us. She says. And Raznusi sort of curtsies in a weird way. Says, I'm not as malicious as you think I am. No, it's coming. Unless we were able to enter... Beyond teleporter, you must not have quite as a control on things as you might have thought previously. This is true. It seems I have been compromised in a way. So, now that we are on speaking terms and you are not captured, why are you here? Well, we're actually here for the princess right here. Prince and princess. But why are you an Omo? To break the curse. And what do you know of it? Clearly, not enough. Only that it prevents the dead from coming back. And kills those who have been raised. He sort of looks down. And uh, you can see just like there's a slight gap between his bandages and his skin is like rotting off. You're not looking as hot as you used to, Raznusi. Says, no, in fact, I lost about 38 days worth of health. (laughs) (laughs) Specifically. By my mouth, that's... He uh, looks around and uh, looks to you, Decimus, and says, So what do you know 
of the case. All the details. That's about as much as I know. I have not been here. What it causes it? The soul monger. And where? Oh, raise a wing. Please, please. There's no need to share information he might not already know. Let's be careful here. Rasnusi, well, he is looking quite weak, is still cunning slimy sneak. Birds can't I spit. Okay. He looks down, sort of sees that you are uh, not in the business of really negotiating right now. Uh, and he uh, begins to slither over towards the princess and the prince, heading that direction. Nare, very abruptly, holds her hand out and says, stop. And her hand begins to glow that same sort of purple aura again. With a quick sort of flash of his finger, you see the the bindings on Na's mouth also break. And he says, run along, join you, he kick. And they both very cautiously uh, walk past him over towards you. And he then slithers over to his pillows, sort of lays down. <sighs> you know, I do what I do because I'm bound with a deal to a Serac. However, I have reason to believe he may not be as honest as he initially let on. I'm not sure what I expected. You say that this soulmonger is what's causing this, but you won't tell me where it is. What can I give you to tell me where it is? What do you want with it? I don't want to die. I'll maybe step out a little bit and I'll just... I'll just kind of step out with my hands up. I'll just kind of say, well, you know, just about maybe an hour or so ago, I watched uh, someone get their neck slit. Uh, how about we just kind of cut that shit out? You know, the human sacrifice. You know, I've only been in this realm for a little while, but the whole killing people thing, I would like that to stop. He says, do you believe in gods? Well... You know, that's a touchy subject where I'm from, but I believe in maybe something up there. And if you truly felt that that thing existed, and you knew you could do things to increase your favor, that someday, should that god rain down upon the land, it would spare you? Would you comply? You know, I don't know if I would be totally down with killing a bunch of people like that, but... No, I just, I don't think I would do what you guys are doing. Let's just say that. This is because you're not a snake, he says. I look like one at least. He <laughs> <laughs> says, I'm not going to discuss this further. I've told you how I feel about this situation. I do what I do because it is for my gods, and I only seek my own survival. Hmm. You came here, you said you wanted the princess and the prince, and I have released them to your care. So leave. Sort of wipes his face. Just do what you must. Head to the tomb. Find a Serac, find his device, destroy it. And I will no longer have to die. Glances to the rest of the party. Uh, he's gone what he cares for, so he's trying to read the faces of others. Would you be able to help us? 
his tomb with the Serac. He reaches behind him and moves a pillow. You see him grab an object and he launches a public cube at you. Is uh, this one. Gives it to Quinn initially, but <laughs> you Ali- can toss it to him. Ali- <laughs> the uh, ah, the ink puzzle cube. Yes. Of the snail. Says I was too searching for them. However, most of the shrines that I stumbled upon were already empty. Goodness me. <laughs> Imagine that. It seems my captives were useful after all, and much beyond my capabilities. So there. You'll need a few more, and I know where the entrance is. Something you probably hadn't thought of. I did have a question. Why did you take the prince and princess? What was your goal? Your aim, if you were just going to give them up? Exactly what's happening now. Here you are. I'm vulnerable. I don't wish to fight. You came to the Fane. You've shown your strength. You've brought them with you. I assumed the puzzle cubes I could not find. I'm trying to look him up and down. Uh, do I believe what he's saying? Yeah, give me an insight. Hard to tell. Most of his face is covered in bandages. <laughs> <laughs> sure. 24. 24. Uh, you can tell based on his posture and just the way he's acting. Um, he does not seem... He does not seem aggressive at all. Yeah, at this point, you've been sort of glancing around the room, and nothing seems too hostile. What do you plan to do with this life that we would be gifting you if we this? Well, I would continue to usher forth my god. But it seems that the Yunkai fuck. <laughs> the Yanti. Uh, yeah, Yunkai. <laughs> The Yanti uh, don't seem uh, too fond of you. Not all of them. Is that true? Well, we've been amongst the ranks a little bit. That's the only way we were able to get here, and we may have heard a whisper or two that you're not totally in favor of the people. And even if we were to spare your life and help you, there might be talk of other dangers to your life. Hmm. And you learned this in your time here? So far? Just overhearing a conversation or two. But of course, this is none of our business. This is your own organization. In the end, it's your problem. But... We don't need to overstep our boundaries. We've received the prince and princess. Remind me, did you tell us the entrance yet to the tomb? <laughs> Not quite. I would most likely have to take you there. It is difficult to explain, and it is very well hidden. How far away would the travel take? A few hours north. However, I don't believe you're in possession of all cubes. Could you show us where the entrance is, though? I, su- I suppose, yes. I do suppose. And would it be better if we came back a little later with the cubes and then you could take us there? He sort of mulls over the idea and he says, 
I don't think I have that much time. Looks to geek. I, I do agree. Uh, you're not looking well, Rasnusi, we all can tell. And from our time spent in your compound, I agree. We do not know how much time you might have left. Is it possible you could attempt to scribble down some sort of directions for us? If not, lead us to the area at the moment, as it might be difficult for you to leave. Yeah. Uh, thinks about it, looks up and says, uh, Well, uh, do you have a map? And as you uh, nod and take the map out, which is over there, but we'll do it later. Uh, he takes a look at it and sees all of the shrines that you guys have X'd off and all the other points of interest. And just north, right along the cliffside, just a little bit sort of west from where the waterfall was, um, he draws a circle. And uh, it looks like it's pretty much in the cliff face. And he says, um, there's a small sort of outcropping area and full of brush and tangled vines. He says if you push through there and find a passageway that leads further into the cavern wall and from there you will find an obelisk. It has a warning from a Serac and that's as far as I've seen but I know the door's there. I've seen a location. There's a wall and it has stone holes, squares set into it. I imagine that's where the cubes were placed. Beyond that, I cannot tell you where. I've never been down there myself. It was my duty to protect it from anyone going in, but when my body began to degrade, I began to wonder if it was because of the lich. I was curious to head down there myself. But obviously, that's not going to happen. So, now that you know its whereabouts, I trust you will find the other cubes, and you will succeed. I will lighten up on the, the Chultons who are here. Maybe we'll take some time. Dendar can wait. It's not like we can break her out anyways right now. I believe there's a gate beneath the peaks of flame stops her from emerging but that's a problem I'll deal with later uh, so I'll take the map from you <clears throat> you have shown us a great kindness even if it is from a point of selfishness for this I will offer you the same I know your time is not long with your people so do you have a place where you could hide we could possibly keep you safe by making your people believe you are dead and should we defeat the lich and you will continue to live on might i suggest you give us the rest of your necklace there so we can prove your death you can hide like a coward you are <laughs> he laughs says normally i would lunge across the room and have your throat for that remark but in this case my fate has made me a coward. And he reaches over, and you see him take off the rope that holds the necklace together, and he throws it across the floor towards you, and says, take it, tell them you've killed me, 
I have places I can hide. I will crawl back into the hole that I slithered out. And then when the time is right, maybe I'll come back and they'll think Dendar raised me. And I will continue to serve my god, Reborn. He says, you know, I never thought I'd be doing this, shaking hands with people who are doing the exact thing I told Aserak I would stop. But if it's true and if what he is doing is this evil, oh, that's even beyond Dendar. I don't even think she could stop souls from coming back. And that is a selfish person. However, I suppose that's a lich. He looks over to Naima and says, Your equipment is quite bare. You say you want to march down and kill the lich, but you wield only a stick with a sun on it. He reaches down. You see him take his flaming longsword out. It sort of sparks, and he holds it to his side. And he says, If I'm going to be hiding, I won't be using it. And he tosses it across the room to you. As you catch it, the flame dissipates. And as you sort of twirl around your hand, you can feel it's like ready to spark at any time. Well, he sort of wipes his brow again. Anything else? Or shall I leave? Ross, when this is all said and done, we will fight. Me and you. I look forward to it. As do I. He nods and he says, The easiest way out of here says, I will have the teleporter head to the prison room. I imagine that's where you came through. The front gate's not far down that hallway. The ritual should still be going and there should be no one in your way. Don't worry, we got to know the place pretty well. He nods. And with that, he slithers over to the portal, similar to Fenthaza. His tail just passes through it enough that he can activate it himself, punches in the coordinates, and gives you all a bow. He says, I'm sure I'll see you soon. Give him a little nod and a salute, and yep. You bet. I give him an actual genuine bow, as opposed to the one that I gave earlier, the really dramatic one. Give him a respectful... My beak. (laughs) (laughs) I... Still looking at the sword that he just presented me. Very... Just... Place it in my hands and just... Bow at him, and just very cautiously, like... Not really sure what to do with it, but... I appreciate the gesture, so I give him a little bow. Alright. With that, um, as the teleporter is activated, you see him uh, sort of slither away towards the uh, south side of the room where he touches a stone in the wall and the wall begins to slide open, like a secret passage that leads into another chamber. And uh, says, good luck, adventurers. And make sure... If you do find a Serac and fight him, well, you know, Liches will always find a way to come back. Ensure that he does not. And he leaves the room, 
stone wall sort of closes, slams shut. And as you look around, teleporter's active. Um, he's left his room, and there is a lot of gold. Yes, I instantly, um, seeing that he left, I see that there's a lot. I'm not very interested in the gold, but I want to look around and see if there are any interesting artifacts yeah. around. Um, seeing as he's willing to give away his sword, maybe he's willing to part with other things that may be useful to us. There are a lot of treasure, not really any artifacts. Um, there is everything in the room looks like uh, treasures from like different cultures like it's not just all Omuin um, there's like a flask of uh, Symbian wine there's a, a Amnian double with a matching money pouch is there anything open? there's a uh, a gilded Moonshay harp from the Moonshay Isles I believe there's a lot of elves native to there. That's worth roughly 250 gold. There's a uh, Cormirian cloak, fine one, not magical, but it's really like a royal blue, oh. with a gilded gold in the oh, bottom. Oh, is very interested in that. Right. She wears a blue cloak. <laughs> <laughs> this she one's nice. This fair. one's worth like 100 gold. Very royal. It like yeah. shimmers. She she eyes that. All right. <laughs> is there anything from like up north? North of Neverwinter or something like that. Mm, not really. It's uh, a lot of things from like the islands or like the eastern lands. Yeah. Um, More exotic. Yeah, all of the cushions are like uh, Tarami silk. Any Kokrin items? Um, negative. Yeah. I'm glad he didn't get his grubby little <laughs> tail on our <laughs> shit. I will choose to leave the harp but take the cloak. Okay. I'll take a bag of a hundred gold if there's that many like random pieces of things lying mm-hmm. around. There is. Um, in fact, Do in the take uh, however many just random gold pieces are lying around and split it between. I us. will uh, probably write down how much everything's worth and just yeah. so I'll let you guys add that to your treasure bank. <laughs> Because there's a lot of like, there's yeah. like uh, yeah. gemstones as well, and okay. there's uh, and platinum too. Naima, as we're going around looking at all the treasures, she kind of stop. I kind of stop and look at whoever's closest to me, and I say, "What will we do if Fentaza wants to see his body?" This is the necklace. Is all we could gather from the remains. We could possibly have destroyed him with fire. We can be creative, I believe. Did you see what I did to my brother? It's very true. We don't usually leave bodies behind. He was our, our explanation. If she needs one, he's already weak. She can tell for herself. It was an easy battle for us. He, one of our magicians burst him into place. We are convincing enough. We will be convincing. Believe me in this. All right. So, just add to the teleporter. <clears throat> yep, step towards it. Okay. So, as you guys step through the teleporter, uh, you return to the uh, slave room. And uh, as you all feel that same sort of tingling sensation as you appear, uh, you look around. All the slaves are gone. The pits are open, so you imagine that uh, the two have got the, everybody out. Um, 
And uh, as you push into the sacrificial room, you see Fentaza standing right in the center. She looks up at you and says, You lied. And that's where we'll stop. She did say she had eyes everywhere. I was figuring, you know, it's worth a shot, but let's see how it goes. All right. Thank you, everyone who tuned in and listened to the uh, this episode as well as the last one. Uh, we sort of broke it into two parts to make it easier to follow. Going forward, we will kind of continue with the same style, roughly about 45 minutes to an hour for each episode, uh, just making it easier to listen to in one go. We're still finishing our sort of uh, recap summary in the uh, other series, so that will help anybody who's interested in all of the backstory of this campaign leading up to this point. We also just want to uh, clarify for anybody who is you know, enjoying listening to this, episodes will come out bi-weekly, uh, generally around Sunday. So mark that on your calendars, look forward to it. Also, once we hit about 500 followers on our Twitter page, we will be doing a giveaway. Haven't quite decided what it will be yet. Probably most likely um, a book of some sorts or maybe a dice tray. I don't know, we'll make it exciting. You guys will be notified uh, if you're interested at all. So give us a follow over on our Twitter if you haven't already. Uh, Twitter handle is just at onions in wagons, exactly how it sounds. Uh, we also, to get everybody excited, um, we are working with a couple other people in the community about getting a new logo and just to kind of spice up our channel and get some some better individuality going on. Um, again, thank you guys so much for your support. We also, if you haven't noticed yet or if you did not realize, are live on Spotify and are currently in the process of getting approved for iTunes. So not only will we be on CastBox, you will also be able to listen to us on two other forms of streaming media. So thank you all again for coming by and listening. We really appreciate everyone's support, and we're super excited to continue this and move on to our future campaigns that we have planned. Thanks so much, you guys.